Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 321. It's Tuesday, the uh, the 12th of November, 2013. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Welcome, everyone. I'm Hillary Rumble. And guess what? We've got a lot of interesting news stories coming your way, so stick around because these are coming up in our show. Toyota is suggesting a vehicle inspired by a horse. Your smartphone pin could be determined by using the phone's camera and microphone. And the Internet Archive has had a fire at its building in San Francisco. That is not good. Additionally, from 150 million compromised Adobe user accounts, 123456 was the most popular password. Shocking. (laughs) Quick! I better change all my passwords! And lastly, an inexpensive robotic arm has been created which boosts human super the human super strength so you're stronger, winning its young creators the James Dyson Award. Why do you need to work out anymore, Hell? I don't. I don't in the first place. Just get an exoskeleton. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. Yeah, tonight we're also going to be uh, actually, well, we've got a pretty full mailbag tonight. We're going to be answering your viewer questions. Send them in live at Category5.tv. But also I'm going to show you how to take that horrible Windows 8 interface and roll it back, make it look more like Windows 7. So if you're stuck on Windows 8 and not too happy about the touchscreen style interface, stick around. We're going to learn how to change that. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be a great show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring... Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com Broadcasting since 2007, Category 5 Technology TV has grown year after year, faithfully bringing viewers hundreds of one-hour episodes focused on helping with their tech questions, assisting with the migration to Linux and other open-source alternatives, presenting new and interesting tech products, and providing insightful interviews and demonstrations. All this is provided free of charge. We are now in our seventh season, and it's time to improve the viewing experience, make the show look and sound great. We continue our focus on fun, educational broadcasting. Stand with us as we build a brand new studio for Category 5 Technology TV. Bringing Category 5 TV to the world with better visuals, full 1080p video, and a permanent sound-isolated studio. 
We have big dreams, and we want you to be a part of them. Please support Category 5 Technology TV. Visit cat5.tv slash studio to be a part of our crowdfunding campaign for a limited time. With contributor perks brought to you in part by Category 5 Technology TV. Back-to-nature compostable garbage bags. Eco-Alkaline's environmentally responsible batteries. Free Play human-powered devices. NetTalk Duo 2 with free calls to the USA and Canada and no monthly phone bill. And the Android-powered Magic Mini PC. We thank you for your support. Please visit cat5.tv slash studio today. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Hillary Rumble. Nice to see you. We are grateful you are here. And we are also so grateful for those who have already contributed funds to our fundraising efforts. As you just watched in that clip, we are always growing and always expanding. And in order to do so, we need a little bit of moolah. It's true. And so we only have 18 days left of our efforts. Our um, fundraising efforts are done on Indiegogo. And we have links set up, right, Robbie? We sure do. Cat5.tv slash studio is our quick link uh, to get to the campaign and show your contribution. Uh, and we do have some great perks, don't we? Uh, oh, yeah. Being able to, we actually have an early bird prize. Uh, you saw in the commercial, but NetTalk Duo 2 with three months of service uh, is, uh, you, you can actually donate less than what you would pay to buy this in the store. What? And you'll receive it with the free long distance and everything like that. Fabulous. We've got the Eco Pack from Eco Alkalines, Free Play, and Bag to Nature. They've all teamed up, so you get a ton of batteries. You get uh, environmentally friendly uh, mm-hmm. flashlight that has built-in um, cool. recharger that you can crank, yeah, yeah, yeah. recharge it by USB, and it also comes with some compostable bags as well. Nice. Um, so that's there. Uh, we've got uh, perks from Rico Magic. Lots of cool Category Five swag too. And that's the true fans. That's how we will you know go. if you're a true blue fan. Want an 8x10 with Hillary's face? Uh, we who, got who it. Who wouldn't want this? Seriously. No, I'm Frame just kidding. <laughs> but in all seriousness, we do appreciate so much those who have contributed already. Um, but we still need more help. We need your money. And I was figuring <laughs> this out in my head. If everybody who has watched the show, as we Ooh. know, because we see on our viewer map the pinpoints from around the world. Yeah. If everyone were to just donate a dollar... One buck. That's a amazing. Buck, people. Yeah. We would be golden. Like, our studio would be set. We'd be ready to move forward with some of our new ideas and new concepts for the new year. So, I mean, $1. So, imagine what $10 does or $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, realistically, I mean, when you think about the fact that there are even businesses out there that could give 1000 or $5,000, that would be a huge boost. So, if you have those kind of contacts... Uh, or Please. if you own a business and you want to gain the advertising advantage of being a part of uh, a sponsorship opportunity yes. here on our show, check out some of the business perks at cat5.tv slash studio as well. Uh, but we're really, really excited about what's going to come at Category 5. Some people, you know, see what we do and they say, well, why would I want to donate to something? You know, it's not it's not a charity. And we know that we live in a world where there, there are so many needs, especially yes. now with some of the devastation that's been going on in the Philippines. Um, it's unbelievable and that's where your money should be going so you know if if it comes down to it i would say do that because what we do is you know we're helping people with their computer problems and we're offering a free service and we're kind of fighting the man in that (laughs) we want to add free television to your Mm -hmm. repertoire of what's available to you and we work with other people and we work with uh i'm actually working with a uh a gentleman right now developing a show 
and I'm kind of involved in the promotional mm-hmm. aspect of it, but what he's doing is developing a, a kind of a reality show that oh. will help you as a home buyer to be able to recognize what to watch out for in your home inspection. So, you know, totally different from what we do here at Category 5, but with the growth of Category 5 and with the expansion of our studio, we're going to be able to do more and more things to provide for you free television so that you can cut your cable bill. And it's not just if you're like, oh, man, I don't know Linux. Mm, mm." (laughs) We will teach you. Well, A, we will teach you. But B, it's a vast umbrella of knowledge this guy has. Okay, and he wants to share with you stuff (laughs) about everything, everything and anything. And if he doesn't know the answer, he will find the answer and tell you. As well, we're trying to serve different types of people from around the world. I know in particular my deaf community, I'm trying to make this an an accessible show for them. So content is available with closed captioning. So please send me your money. Thank you. It's not an exciting Um, (laughs) thought, too. But that would be terrific to be able to have that accessibility component to a whole new group of users so can my lips be read okay like if i speak i mean you can you can understand me obviously but right now wouldn't it be nice to have closed captioning mm-hmm. and that's something we've actually been working toward and and i think that uh, that'd be an incredible thing to be able to offer but it's very very expensive to do and yes. so we need to partner with other uh, charitable organizations groups that that you know provide closed captioning mm-hmm. for charities and for nonprofit groups and we're not a registered nonprofit or charity we're technically a business but we do this as a free service and so what we do is offer it absolutely free so you know as a business now <laughs> <laughs> we do it for the love for the love of technology people and for the love of our community that's the other thing, folks. So cat5.tv slash studio. Do check out what we're doing, what we have planned. Mm. Very, very excited about what's to come here at Category 5 Technology TV. And as Hillary has mentioned, thank you so much to those of you who have supported us thus far. You can also contribute more than one time. And I say yes. that because a few people have said to me, oh, well, I contributed and I got an 8 by 10 mm-hmm. of the, the group personally autographed. That's great, but I also want a sticker. What do I do? Well, that's fine. You can go and you can contribute for the perk that also provides for you a Category 5 logo vinyl sticker. Mm -hmm. So you can actually do another contribution and you'll get another perk. So no problem there. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Speaking of stuff that we love to give away, we have the Eco Alkalines pack of batteries we are going to be giving away. uh, And that is actually coming up real quick next week. Yeah. We're going to be sending this your way. So it has AA, AAA, 9 volt, C, and D batteries. Nice. And we're talking big boxes of these things. Like I've got a box like this. Sweet. And, you know, because it's a bulk pack, it looks looks small because you're used to the four packs on the shelf, right? right? There are 24 AA batteries in here. That's sweet. So you imagine how many packs of batteries that is. It's fantastic. So we're talking a whole bunch of batteries. um, And these batteries, Mm EcoAlkalines, they are now available at Best Buy and Future Shop in Canada. So if you're in Canada, head on out there and pick up a few packs for yourself. See that these are exceptional batteries. They're better for the environment as well. They're environmentally responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, they will um, break down. They don't have the, the cadmium, mercury, or lead that some batteries do contain. Yes. So there's not that, you know, the, the metals that are leaking into our environment, which to me is very important. So check out more about them, cat5.tv slash eco. And if you'd like to win, all you have to do, get into the chat room right now if you're watching live, and post your state or province, and that's the way to cast your ballot. Ooh. It's that easy. 
That way we know where you're from. If you're watching this after the fact on demand, YouTube, uh, on uh, a Rico Magic device, on Miro Internet TV, if you're watching on Roku, firstrun.tv, wherever you are, if you're watching this not live, I was going to, like, is there a word, <laughs> non-live? Uh. So you're watching this on demand. All you have to do is email live at category5.tv with the same info. Just give us your registered username from the category5.tv website and, uh, and as well your state or province, and that will be your way to cast the ballot. So the draw, terrific. again, is next Tuesday night. You don't want to miss out on that. That is terrific. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Tech Broadcast or er, of Internet Broadcasters. And you can check that out at cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Hill. Check out our mobile site, scan the code. It's m.cat5.tv. You can watch on demand. You can listen to Category 5 Radio Live. And you can watch the show live there as well. So check it out. M.cat5.tv. Very cool. And um, at this point, I just want to say. A quick shout out to some of our new registered viewers. Registra- registering is free. Yeah. I should oh, add yeah, because free. people are saying, well, how do I get registered on the website? Category5.tv. Click on the register or login link up at the top and you'll be able to register on our site. Absolutely free. And what are the perks of registering, Robbie? Win batteries. Win prizes. Oh. Become a participant in the contests that we hold. And the all-round warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you are a part of an amazing, loving community <laughs> of Linux-loving individuals. True say. Can't get better than that. Unplanned. So, <laughs> Shad Art knows what he's nice. talking about. Yeah. They joined up. So there thank you, you. As well as, oh dear, Jay Villanueva. That Welcome. works for me. <laughs> Welcome. Who else do you got there, Robbie? Okay, uh, Rayanne MD. Thank nice you. Nice to have you registered on our website. As well as Sojourner. Tux Tech. And Rajay's Car. Rajay's Car? Oh, maybe it's like a. I don't know. Rajessa Car? Maybe. I'm sorry if maybe. I. It's hard for me to read these things, guys, but it is tough. thank you for joining. Somehow I ended up with Tux Rajay's Tech. Rajay's Car. That was well, well planned, folks. Your so, registration orders. Thank you very much. Thanks for signing up at Category5.tv. Hey, speaking of our website, we've got a, a new feature there I want to show you. Oh, cool. Uh, people love, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I'm not putting <laughs> thoughts in your head, but I have received notes that people love to, rece- to see pictures of behind the scenes here at Category yeah, 5. Yeah, that's cool. And so we've been working on, you know, progressively adding more and more and more. And now we're at the point where, yeah, we've got a decent camera that's snapping pictures every 10 seconds. And we've got, you know, a, a nice plethora <laughs> of pictures to work with at the end of each show. So on our website, Category5.tv, now if you go to any one of the episodes, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to uh, the, the one on episode Howie. 319. Yeah, just so that we can see what I'm talking about here. So, of course, on the show notes page for this particular episode you'll see that there is the photo gallery so i can click on any one of these pictures and see how things were done behind the scenes oh that's kind of cool cool so that's not new that's been there for a little while however now under direct downloads you'll see that not only can you download the hd sd ld and mp3 audio files that's also not new but some of you may not have known about that you can actually click you know right click and save the file that is the full hd video file Absolutely free. 
But also, we have high-resolution JPEGs that you can download every single picture from behind the scenes that is attributed attributed to this particular episode. So what? there we go. I got to get these for my. It brings scrapbook. up the JPEG and it is full resolution. You can see the glare. Oh on come my head. on! <laughs> that is something else. So that's right on our website, Category Five TV. Just cool. in the show notes, go to Direct Downloads. That's a brand new feature. Uh, so that you can get access I to like the photos. That. Create desktop wallpaper if you want. Share them with the community. Whatever you like. Everything is licensed under Creative Commons attribution here. Um, so enjoy. Have fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you had the fun experience of working with Windows 8 yet? Oh, yes. Yeah? It's on my work computer. It's on your work computer. Mm-hmm. And how do you love that? I'm like weird. I'm like scroll. I want to make it scroll. Yeah, you want to like drag it, but then you end up grabbing one of the tiles and flicking it (laughs) off the screen. And it's like, where did the tile go now? I have no idea. It's just, I'm not a fan. Sorry, I'm not going to lie. Not a huge fan of Windows 8. Still trying to figure it out. I, I, I do call myself a little bit old school. I know that I'm a little bit old school when it comes to my operating system. I still run Mate because I love GNOME 2. Hmm. And I don't want a touchscreen interface <laughs> on my computer. Fair enough. So that's Linux. But on Windows, pardon me, on Windows, they're doing the same thing. Where mm-hmm. it kind of feels like things are developed for a touchscreen. In fact, I had a customer come in and their computer had crashed. So they needed us to transfer the data onto their new computer. They bought a new mm-hmm. computer in town and it had Windows 8 on it. And they said, I can't figure out how to use this stupid thing. <laughs> Nothing is where it used to be. I can't find anything. I I can't figure out how to use my computer. Why are all of these icons up on the screen? I mean, there it is. There's Windows 8. 8.1, as a matter of fact. And they showed me, and it's like, okay, well, where is this stuff? And here's this clutter of, you know, I'm not looking at a telephone right now. I'm looking at my screen on my desk. Mm -hmm. I'm operating it with a mouse. I've got a keyboard in front of me. I'm not using an on-screen keyboard. I think, okay, well, because this is an on-screen thing, I'm going to grab with my mouse and drag. Nope, there's what I'm talking about. No, oh, ah. no it's not even moving. No, I'm reorganized. Ah. No, I need to, oh, it's like a website. I have to grab this taskbar at the bottom, or the scroll bar at the bottom, and horizontally scroll in this horrible environment of devilish evil. It just doesn't feel right. So what do we do? We revert to our desktop. Oh, I know. That's fantastic. Oh, it feels more like Windows, doesn't it? Okay, so let's bring up our start menu. Oh. Ah, see? What? Oh, my God. But I click on the start menu, and it it takes me to this thing? Ah, so then I go, oh, well, okay, well, if I want a Bundt cake, (laughs) apparently I'm ready for it. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, okay, I don't want Bundt cake. I'm not into football. Um, what? This is the problem. I'm being, I'm over exaggerating a little bit, but I this know. is how yeah, the user yes. sees Windows 8. Mm-hmm. Sure, I mean, you might be a power user a little bit, and you you love to tinker and you love to figure your way around and try all the new things. But the user who you know, there is a huge amount, uh, uh, you know, the user base of Windows who just expect when I click on the E, don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Just when I click on the E, it's going to give me the internet. The internet. When I click on the envelope, <laughs> it's going to give me my email. Right? Yeah. Well, if, yeah. I, if I ever lose my bookmarks, 
I don't know how to get around the internet. If I ever lose Google or Bing, I don't know how to get around the internet. <laughs> and that might be you if you're watching this after the fact or you know, maybe then there you go. <laughs> There's a huge user base that's like that. So mm-hmm. throw this at you and say, okay, now go. Okay, where do I go? What do I do? Why do I have the London forecast when I'm in Barrie, Ontario? Oh, I've got Sydney. That's good for some some of you watching. Looks like it's nice there. (laughs) Paris. Okay, so what? Now I'm traveling? Okay, so this is useless to me. So I go back to my desktop and I want my start menu, but it's nowhere to be found. And I click it and it just takes me back and forth and back and forth. And it's a nightmare. I've only got Internet Explorer. So what do I do? I click on it. And out of devastation, what do I do? Oh, I close the tab and it closes Internet Explorer. Even that is horrible. Let's see if we can get away from this MSN stuff for one thing, because that's just clutter. Okay. Internet options. Change my home page. HTTP colon slash slash www.google.com. Let's just say. No, we're not saying that you need to be Google, but I don't particularly want to endorse the advertisements that come up on MSN on Category <laughs> 5. At least Google, we're not bombarded with that. See, and, and oh, that was neat. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so, jumps around. Oh, man. I'm getting a little nauseous. Oh, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. What are your thoughts about Windows 8 thus far? I'm using Windows 8.1. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you kind of on the fence, not really sure? Or maybe you're just strictly Linux, and so you don't really care. But the fact is, you know, and people say, well, why are you looking at Windows 8 when this is predominantly a Linux show? Well, we do have Windows users that watch the show. Some of you have it at work. I know. What do you do? It is what it is, bro. And to some of you, this may not be news, but stick around. It's it's fun for the viewers that uh, have never seen this kind of thing before. So here we are. We're going to bring up Internet Explorer. And from Internet Explorer, I'm going to head over to this great website that's going to help me with this awful interface. It's called ClassicShell.net. Okay, we've got that up. Now we're going to talk. Okay. What we don't like about Windows 8, and I'm saying we, I'm talking about the client who comes in with a computer and says, where is my start menu? Yes. What we don't like about it is that we are using a laptop computer with a keyboard and a touchpad and maybe an external mouse. I'm using a desktop computer with a mouse and a keyboard and a big screen. Mm -hmm. I'm not using a touch screen. I'm not doing this on my screen. I'm not moving things around like this. I'm using a mouse. So it needs to be an interface that's built for the mouse. The whole start menu thing is a big problem for a lot of people. And when 8.1 came out and brought in the menu that I showed you there and just takes you back to the start screen, people, well, is that a joke? Is Microsoft laughing at us? So Classic Shell is a free piece of software that, as they say, it improves your productivity, it enhances the usability of Windows 8, and empowers you to use the computer the way you like it. (laughs) All right. Which is a good statement. Yeah. It's... Maybe not for everyone, but Classic Shell empowers you to use Windows the way that you like it. Mm. So let's say Windows 7, Windows XP, that kind of an interface. Okay, so back at my desktop. Yes. Here we are. Mm -hmm. Okay, all I need to do is click on Download Now. Uh (laughs) Download Now. There it is. Okay. Do you want to run? Yes. Run. Running Security Scan. Preparing to install and 
next. I accept this lovely agreement to make my computer old school. Okay, here's the first thing that you're kind of asked here. What do you want to include with Classic Shell? Classic Explorer. Okay, Classic Explorer adds the standard toolbar to Explorer. It features things like cut, copy, paste, delete, properties, email. Of course, I want that. It can show the free disk space and the total file size in your status bar. Why don't we already have that in Windows 8? I don't know. It can also disable the breadcrumbs in the address bar. So we want that. Okay, do we want the classic start menu? Yeah, that's going to give us the Windows 8 or Windows 7 style uh, start menu. And classic IE actually, <coughs> pardon me, it adds uh, a caption to the top of your Internet Explorer window mm-hmm. so that you can actually see the title of the website that you're on. We've lost that feature, so this re-adds that. It also shows the security zone in the status bar, and uh, it also shows the loading progress in the status bar. Things that you expect from your browser, those are included with Classic IE. So generally, we're going to want to allow it to install everything. The last option is Classic Shell Update. Do you want it to look for updates to itself in case they bring out some new things? Hmm. Absolutely. Next, and install. Doesn't take long. Is this okay? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Okay, we can turn off view readme file unless you want to read it. We're not going to right now. And I would encourage you, if you support this project and you find that you like it, do click the Donate to Classic Shell button because this is a donation-supported free software. Nice. Finish. Okay, so what do I do now? Let's close out of Internet Explorer. Here I am. I'm going to click on this Start button down at the bottom left. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's, That's new. Familiar. That didn't come up with the crazy desktop thing. But it's asking me something here. What do I want? A classic style start menu. That looks like Windows XP style. Do you want a, a two column, which looks a little more like Windows 7, and then the actual Windows 7 style hmm. right there. So I'm going to go with the defaults here. Let's look at the basic settings. Left click. On the start menu, or on the start button, brings up classic start menu. Shift and click opens the Windows start screen. That's the thing that we're trying to get away from. Uh, Windows key opens the start menu. And shift windows opens the Windows start screen. You can go through all of these settings. You're probably going to just want all of these to stay uh, Mm -hmm. as they are. Nice thing is that it also contains a shutdown command. So you don't have to try to find shut down by pointing to the lower right of your screen oh there it is under oh settings right of course because i'm going to configure my shutdown no i actually have to go through this and then find it oh my goodness that's actually helpful because i actually don't know how to shut my work one down (laughs) now you know you kind of jiggle your mouse over the right hand bottom corner and then when it comes up you push settings i had no idea like as if you're going to configure something no that's 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 daft for sure Okay, but what's going to happen here is that it's going to give us the proper mm-hmm. shutdown option. Mm-hmm. Okay, scrolling down through the settings real quick. Look at this. Start automatically for this user, and perhaps the most brilliant thing right at the bottom, skip Metro screen. What that means is that it's going to absolutely avoid ever loading that start screen with all oh. those tiles. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to hit OK. And could it really be that simple? Let's see. Are you ready, Hill? I don't know if I can handle this. Can you handle this? This is going to make me rethink everything. Let's click the start button. (gasps) 
Oh, my Lanta. Look at that. We're still in Windows 8. Something but this I is. Can understand. Yes. Looks just like Windows 7. Look at our control panel. Nice and clean. Much, much more familiar. Double click on control panel to bring it up. And you'll see that, of course, Explorer is, you know, we've got a file menu and all this kind of stuff that you would expect. Operates a little bit more normally. Okay. Let's bring up Internet Explorer. And you'll see the classic Explorer bar is ready for use. Enable. There we go. Okay, so now it's enabled. We can now, you ready for this, right-click on your, basically the blue area up here, the teal area. And we can turn on all of these things now. Status mm -hmm. bar. Now we have a status bar at the bottom. See down there? When I point to links, I can see them. Right-click again and add a favorites bar. Brilliant. Now I can Im add my favorites. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, I can add a menu bar. That's your file. Tools, all that kind of stuff. Don't know why I added two Google things there. I guess because I added this as a favorite. That's what I did. Mm. All right. <laughs> uh, and that's really, you know, that's what we need to know about the Explorer extension, classic IE. But there you go. So now if you want to add favorites and stuff, they're going to be easily accessible on this toolbar. So you can get there nice and easy. But it's really nice to have the status bar at the bottom as well. And it starts to feel more like the browser that you're used to. Yes rather than this thing that's built for a full-screen tablet. Okay? So now if when I click on this, every time that I click on it, okay, well, now what if I, what if I really, for some reason, want to get back to the start screen? Mm -hmm. Well, we saw in the settings that if we hold in the shift key on our keyboard mm -hmm. and click on the start button, it oh, will, in fact, take me back okay. to that screen. Then if I hit the start button on my keyboard, now it brings me back to this. But I never, in fact, see this screen unless I specifically demand it by pressing the shift key. Because when I first turn on my computer now, Windows 8, mm -hmm. it's going to go directly to my desktop with my start menu, with my actual shutdown options, just like you would expect from, say, Windows 7. So now we're able to get the benefits of, say, you know, of Windows 8, the speed improvements and generally all-around mm -hmm. kind of faster... Uh, more streamlined operating system, but with the familiarity of Windows 7. So, hmm. you know, Microsoft hasn't really locked us down as much as no. they've tried. This particular <laughs> program has given it to us. So this is called Classic Shell, and you can get it for absolutely free, uh, and you can get your Windows 8 to look and feel like Windows 7. It's ClassicShell.net. Check that out today. And uh, it will also run on Windows 7 if you want to be able to take advantage of some of the exciting features. Should note as well that Classic Shell is skinnable, so you can actually change. Oh. We're not limited to just Windows XP style and Windows right. 7 style. You can actually download other skins for your start menu. In fact, you can create your own skins, and there's a helpful skinning tutorial. I'll include the link for you in the show notes of episode cool. number 321. ClassicShell.net. Yeah, write that down. Do that at work. Get that Don't at Hillary's work. <laughs> Do tell the boss because the boss is going to want it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's tricky, so I'm sure everyone would want it. There you go, folks. Thank you, Robbie. Now I know how to turn my computer off and how to rectify my <laughs> confusion. <laughs> yes. Uh, how to actually, bring it back. I'm glad I was here for this so I could watch it in real life. <laughs> I now know. 
And now, now I'm you know. going to tell you the things you need to know about the news. These are our top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Toyota has suggested motorists of the future could ride about in a vehicle that was inspired by a horse. It announced a concept car that drivers could control by shifting their body weight while standing and doing away with the need for a steering wheel. So what happens then, Hillary, if you got a groove going on? It's like a song? You know, you're the guys who drive by... So he's... And the thing's (laughs) swerving all over the road. Just an observation. Might be calling the pole on you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One analyst said the current design posed too many safety issues, though, but it did point towards future developments. Hmm. The FV2 vehicle will make its official debut at the uh, the Tokyo Motor Show next weekend. Cool. Very cool. The pin for a smartphone can be revealed by its camera and microphone, researchers have warned. Using a program called Pin Skimmer, a team from the University of Cambridge found that codes entered on a number-only soft keypad could be identified. The software watches your face via the camera, so when you're holding it like this, and listens to clicks through your microphone as you type. The tests were carried out um, on the Google Nexus S and the Galaxy um, S3 smartphones. To prove that this attack could be conducted also on an iPhone, our very own Robbie Ferguson demonstrates in this exclusive clip how easy it is for phone cameras and microphone to pick up on your password. One, two, three, four. Thus, it is never a good idea to speak your passwords aloud while punching them in. The nonprofit organization behind the Internet Archive has made a plea for donations following a fire at its building in San Francisco. The group runs the popular Wayback Machine, an archive of 364 billion web pages designed to show people what sites look like in years gone by. No data was lost, a, smoke, a spokesman said, but the damage was estimated to be about $600,000, which is about 373,000 pounds. On the group's blog, founder uh, Brewster Kale wrote, This episode has reminded us that um, digitizing and making copies are good strategies for both access and preservation. Thankfully, no one was hurt in the blaze. You can visit blog.archive.org for the full story and learn how you can help with this effort. Online copies of, the, of passwords of 150 million compromised Adobe user accounts have let security researchers find out more about users' password-creating habits. The analysis suggests that many people are making it easier for um, attackers by using easy-to-guess passwords. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 was in fact the most popular password among the millions of Adobe users whose details were stolen during an attack on the company. About 1.9 million people use this sequence, according to analysis of data lost in the leak. Oh, folks. Makes me want to rethink everything. Yeah. No, those aren't right. That's ridiculous. And I've heard, <laughs> I've heard rumor that, uh, that um, security analysts are actually taking that list, which was stolen from Adobe's site. Oh, boy. And then made public. So now they've got this list of real user mm. passwords, and they're saying, whew. 1.9 people use 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6? 
pretty good guess. That's a problem, folks. There needs to be, I mean, if, if any of you have any kind of passwords like that, we need to really reiterate, you know, watch past shows where Category 5 has talked about password strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one recently. Eric was on the show. You can look it up on our website, category5.tv, and uh, we talked about password strength and entropy. Really, really important. That's scary. I know. That's really scary. It's freaky weird. I saw the list, and I looked at the top, you know, 2025, mm-hmm. and unbelievable to see that literally the the top used passwords are numbers, like 1111, oh. or ABCDEFG, or QWERTY, or silly stuff like that. And on the Adobe site, you had a lot of people using, like, Adobe 123. <laughs> Like, that's your strategy, and you think, oh, well, nobody's going to no guess this. That. But it, may, it makes it easy for you to remember, because you're on the else. Adobe site, and so I type, <laughs> okay, what's my Twitter password again? Oh, yeah, Twitter123. <laughs> but to think that you are not alone in that thought, right, and that it alone. is one of the number one <laughs> passwords used out of 150 million passwords million. compromised. So we really need to rethink our our strategies when it comes to our passwords. Do it. Um, Somebody said to me, not to to digress, but somebody said to me, well, why does it matter if my email password changes or not? Because my email password is, you know, somebody had compromised their computer, their email, the user had gained access to their email. So they called their bank and they changed their banking password. They did this and that and they changed all their main passwords, Mm -hmm. but they didn't ever touch their email password. Silly thing, right? And I said, okay, well, what happens when you go to your online bank, pardon me, and you say, I forgot my password? It sends you an email. Yeah, it does. So the, and and progressively it's getting more and more where they don't know your passwords. You're not going to get an email that says your password is blah, blah, one, two, three, four, five, six. They're not going to get that. Instead, you're going to get an email that says somebody has requested that your password be changed. Click here to change your password. It's a it's a way for them to authenticate that, yeah, okay, you're legitimately right. using this email mm-hmm. account. Well, now the person, the hacker, if you will, the or hacker. the compromising user now has access to that email that allows them to change your email password. They then delete that email and you never know what happened. No. They've got access to your banking. Creepy. Scary stuff. I could talk about that for ages. I know. Everyone, in summary, change your passwords. Change your passwords. Right now. Make them strong. Six five four three two one. A little bit different. Ah, little bit change it up. <laughs> Didn't see that on the top twenty. <laughs> <sighs> and okay, finally, our last news story of the evening: a battery-powered robotic arm that boosts human strength has won the 2013 James Dyson Award. The Titan arm, designed um, by four mechanical engineering students from the University of Pennsylvania could help people with back injuries rebuild and regain control of their muscles. It nice. can also be used by people to lift heavy objects as a part of their work. The prototype was produced for um, just 1,200 pounds. Sounds heavy. It <laughs> get it? <laughs> pounds. Anyway. You'd need an exoskeleton <laughs> to lift that. You would. Duh. That's why we're a tech show, not a comedy show. <laughs> And this um, is the 50th of a typical cost of a similar exoskeleton currently on the market. So it's relatively cheap, which is Mm -hmm. pretty wild. The current prototype is operated by a separate joystick, 
but future versions may incorporate um, electromyography technology, which picks up electrical signals produced by muscle tissues, thus allowing users to operate such prosthetics without almost thinking. Wouldn't that be neat? Very cool. And and from a medical standpoint, wouldn't that be amazing? This is putting a whole bunch of ideas in my head that I never ever thought of. I mean, exoskeleton, awesome. Boxing, (laughs) hello. But to be able to take somebody who is maybe unable to use their upper body, tap into their neural pathways, and be able to actually move in a way that I can lift a 100-pound object because this thing is basically doing it. That's cool. It is wild. Really cool. And the last little bit here reads that the team spent uh, eight months creating the exoskeleton, and they will share a prize of roughly uh, 30,000 pounds or $48,000. Nice. So that is fabulous. And that is the Category 5.TV newsroom. Get the full stories at Category5.tv slash newsroom. We've got your viewer questions uh, tonight, and uh, oh, I'd love yeah. to crack into the mailbag. I know it's, you've been sending them in live at Category5.tv. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your emails. Thank Cheers. you very much. And let's kick this off with one coming to us from Bill777. Hey, Bill. Um, dun, 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 dun. You had gave some previous advice, Robbie. Um, I did what? That doesn't sound like you. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> your advice just gave me the same thing I had before, but you did show me, I don't know what this is referring to, um, where it is in command, but I went home. It might be referring to another show, like another episode. I, I can take a stab at it. What's okay. the email? Um, so, something about typing wine in the terminal. Oh, okay. Let's look at the subject question this is okay so you've got wine i'm going to summarize here bill because it's it's a little tough to to grab it in context okay so may i yes you may all right i'm going to take a crack sorry world despite me being a a true fan i don't watch every show and i can't remember every viewer question (laughs) okay so you brought up terminal brought up terminal and typed in the command wine oh okay using linux Went into terminal, typed in wine, and mm-hmm. got this error message, basically. This is the wine64-bin helper package, which gotcha. does not provide wine. So unable to actually execute any Windows applications on Windows beca- on, on Linux, pardon me, using wine, because you actually didn't have wine installed. So let's just summarize. I'm going to summarize that mm-hmm. error message, what that means. When it says, this is the wine64-bin helper package. It's, a, it's what's called a meta package. It's something that comes with your system. It's 64-bit to tell you, eh, we actually don't have a 64-bit wine package. Hmm. You're going to need to do some work in order to get it to, to, to work under your 64-bit architecture. So it goes on in this error message. The following command should be issued as root or via sudo in order to enable multi-arc which basically takes your 64-bit Linux system and allows it to execute or run 32-bit code. Hmm. Okay. How cool is that? Okay, so then it goes into the commands, and this is what it says, dpkg space dash dash add dash architecture space i386. How awesome is that? It's hmm. going to give you multi-arc support. I'm going to type this into my terminal just so that you can see what it actually is yeah, doing. Yeah, what we're talking about here. <clears throat> So if you you know because you're using a modern system, it's 64 bits now. You know if I do uname dash a, you'll see that it, I've got an SMP kernel running 64 bit. 
So if I want multi-arc support, which is to say I'm going to be able to install 32-bit applications such as Wine, I need to do what? dpkg dash dash add architecture texture i386. But you notice that what it said is that you need to run it as either root or sudo. So you can do that. Or alternatively, in Point Linux, for example, uh, you can run and other Linux as well, there's a root terminal, in which case you can leave off the sudo command. Hmm. So when I do that, it's going to ask me for my password, and it's done. That's all there is to it. So if you type that, and it says, well, unable to, well, that's because I didn't put sudo that time, see? Gotcha. But when I did sudo, super user do, it allowed it to go. When I didn't, it gave me an error message. Similarly, next line, apt get update. Well, I can't do that because I'm not super user. I have to go sudo. There we go. Beautiful. The next command that it's telling you to run is how to install the i386, or basically the 32-bit version of Wine. So, And I'm just walking you through this so that you can see what this error message, so to speak, or what this output is actually telling you to do. So it says to go apt get install wine bin colon i386 but we know we need to actually add sudo mm -hmm. and then when you hit enter i've already got wine installed it will remove the the package um, that is telling you this and it will install the actual wine so what's the rest of the email say here um, got you pointed in the right direction got things working and has watched all episodes of Category 5 what? Technology TV. What? True You fan. can continue from, from the hyphen there. Um, a few that were not available, he wasn't able to watch, but uh. loved the show. And I have learned more in the last six months than I have in the last three years on my own about Linux. You watched 321 ooh, ooh, ooh. episodes of Category 5 in just six <laughs> months? Wow. You, you need to buy a t-shirt. Because you would, I believe you fan. would wear. <laughs> a true, true fan. Thanks for watching the show, and I'm yeah, glad definitely. Robbie was able to steer you a little bit more on Don't, course. Uh, you know, and I, that's the interesting thing about the show, I think, is that we are, we're so real here, and we're just kind of hanging out in... Oh, yeah. We could be sitting in our living room, and we're just sitting across from each other, and we're just hanging <laughs> out, and I, you're asking for advice, and I'm doing my best to tell you what I think, mm -hmm. but, but really, sometimes, that's what it is. I'm just kind of steering you in the right direction, and hopefully just through that interaction you're able to figure things out on your own and that's a mm -hmm. really fun thing about linux is that you're able to play around you might break things but it's easy to fix and you can go back and you can revert and have a lot of fun this one looks like another fun one to to tackle yeah certainly we can do that this comes to us from christopher caustic hey Reading. christopher Hi, Robbie. Hey. I enjoy watching the show, and it's the only tech show I know of that isn't showing me the newest app this or the latest oh. app that for <laughs> an hour. You talk Linux and sometimes hit the PHP and Bash, both scripting languages I enjoy using. Was I correct in hearing a few weeks ago that you were working on developing a CMS? True or false? True. Okay, I will continue. <laughs> I am in the process of developing an LMS. Basically, it's a heavily patched version of Open Atrium, which is built on oh. Drupal. Um, aside from patching the core where it was unavoidable, the majority of the functionality that I'm adding is, of course, from many custom modules. Sure. Cool. Besides bringing all the ideas I have into coding reality, I'm also trying to Ajax the 
oh, Ajax the bejesus out of it. Plus, I'm creating a theme that mimics tablets look and feel since 50% of internet users only use phones and tablets and not desktops. However, it'll only look and feel, it'll only be look and feel for no and not touch screen compatible. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so if you are developing a CMS, I don't know how far along you are, but in my opinion, I think LMSs are in uh, in more need than compared to um, CMS. Of course, that doesn't mean you shouldn't build one. I just feel uh, <laughs> that LMS would get more traction if you ever plans on moving it into the public domain. I wonder if we're misunderstanding one another uh, because when you say LMS, are you talking about a learning, uh, a learning, what is it called? Uh a learning management system, I believe, versus mm. a, a course management system. Is that what you think I mean when I say CMS? Because when I say CMS, I'm talking about a content management system. Oh. Don't know if if that's confusion or... So what I'm actually mm. doing, what I've developed, what is in active development and what is functional on production servers right now is I actually developed the framework for a content management system that evolves to particular needs based on the modules that are created for it. Hmm. So the framework is the underlying content management system technology, which uh, adapts technologies based on J- uh, jQuery. And uh, when you're talking about Ajax, that's the modern web. So there is a lot of Ajax involved in this system. It's very sleek. It's very cool. But <clears throat> basically what I built is this framework that you can stick on a server and it's closed source, I'm sorry, and that's just because it's, you know, it's built <laughs> through my employer, right? That's what right. I do. Um, so it's the underlying subsystem for this content management system. Now, the user never sees it as a content management system. They see it as a custom-built application for hmm. their business. So we then take the modules that we've created to lay on top of mm-hmm. that system. It's almost like a, almost like a hypervisor hierarchy. So all these modules sit above that base system. Hmm. I'm trying to say it in such a way that makes any amount of sense. <laughs> and, and those modules create a very custom experience. So no, one, no two users have the same experience with the system. The interface is similar, and you know, I've re, I'm not reinventing the wheel. The whole idea of having the framework is having some, some content that is mm-hmm. um, interchangeable between all different users but the modules themselves create a custom experience. So so this system, what that means is that it has been deployed for uh, league, management's, uh, league management for sports leagues. Oh. Um, sports leagues that have many, many teams that need to be able to keep track of all their games, all their player stats, all of Yikes. their schedules, uh, as well as all the public end of things. So all of that stuff is built upon this system and then taking that same subsystem and deploying it for inventory management and being able to control a warehouse that has Whoa. thousands of large yeah. units that n- need to be sold. So the inventory management end of it allows mm-hmm. the administrators to control what uh, you know what inventory they have, what customers they have, what the cost and sale price is, um, where they market this, the mm. the stuff that they're selling, automatically place it on their own website. All this stuff to reduce redundancy so that they don't have to enter things multiple times. So they're not entering it into three different systems. They're entering it into the one system that I've created, and it automatically places it in all these syndicated places, right? 
So that those are just two examples. <sighs> so we might, It's a pretty vast system and seems really complicated. But if you want to change the name to LMS, go ahead. Call well, it AMS for Awesome Management System. Yeah. This could require some follow up. So let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> a lot of what I think in my head has to do with like it it comes it stems from category five and how i do things here because a lot of what we do is a distribution mechanism Mm -hmm. how do i get the show from my machine here to your system on demand two hours after the show and it's available on rss feeds (laughs) and it's available on youtube and it's available on miro internet tv and roku and uh, blip.tv and YouTube and all these places it's mm-hmm. all through this syndication mindset and being able to distribute data from one key location and place it in many different places so my CMS basically builds upon that and and uh, distributes data and content in a sane way so that <laughs> it can be usable by not only the administrators but the end right. users smart Robbie good thinking that's real world application yeah. I, I just it. realized, though, that I started that whole spiel by saying I wasn't going to reinvent the wheel. And then I just realized that I just did entirely. Well, sometimes it's got to be done. I lied. <laughs> I did it. It's all good. Took the wheel and I made a sphere. Ooh. And I deep. connected it to a boat. This is just getting crazy. <laughs> I, do we have question? question? Do we have time for one more question? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, so. I think that would be great. All right. Thank you for sending in your question. We appreciate it. I got I got quite a few. I don't know if we'll tackle them all today, but we will try. Okay, Dennis Kelly in Enraged. Dennis, hey. I have it's a just pe- oh. texting Dennis Kelly. In real life, he's yeah. real time. Whoa, this is going to get crazy. <laughs> um, he says, I have a parody disc that says it can't be found. Any ideas? What's the deal with that? Okay, so a parody disc in Unraid that cannot be found, that would be a concern to me in that if it literally can't be found, like does it is it blue and it says it can't be found? Because that would tell me that either you've had a failed mm. disc or perhaps it hasn't been built correctly or maybe the the cable that it's connected to is not the one that it was connected to when hmm. it first um, was connected and set up as a parody disc. I'm going to bring up for you, Dennis, my Unraid server. Good idea. Which, of course, has a good parody drive. Of I course. hope so. I checked just before the show so that I could say that. Oh, Because I don't check it off, and I, I, I tend to, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty bad because, but I actually back up my Unraid server, so the redundancy is only one level of, of backup. But, um, so here's my Unraid server. You'll see that my parody disk is green, right? And everything is good. And the one thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't tell you how much is free. And the reason for that is that there's no such thing as free space on a parity drive. Every single sector is taken. All right. So if that's what you're seeing, don't worry about that. That's just the impossibility of determining free space on a parity drive because no such thing exists. Um, if it's actually saying that the drive is not found, that probably tells me that it has failed. And when a drive fails in an array... That doesn't necessarily, don't get scared by that word because you think failed hard drive, that means it's crashed. Yeah, no, if I unplug a hard drive, it's failed. If Aww. I mm-hmm. take a hard drive from this cable and then I grab this cable and I plug that cable in, now this cable has no hard drive on it. The hard drive is fine, but it is failed because uh, okay. the array says mm-hmm. the integrity of the array as created has been 
degraded. Mm. So that drive is now a failed drive, and now you've got this other drive. It's the same drive, but it's on a different channel, different cable, so it doesn't know what to do with it. Could be so many different things. Could you, if Dennis Kelly, if that doesn't help you at all, if none of that makes any sense to your situation, uh, Unraid is a web-based, not web-based, but it is a... I, you know, it's running on a, a server that it can be accessed through a web browser. If you want to open it up, just open up port the, port 80 to your Unraid server through your firewall. Give me your IP address privately, and I'll connect in and take a look for you. Cool. Be the best thing. So. All right. Thank you for yeah. that. Um, we just have one more can, quick question. Before you jump into the question, I'll just end that just by saying, Dennis Kelly, make sure that your parity drive, you know, a- answer this right away, because if your parity drive has failed, if it's crashed not having parity means if now if any of your other drives fail you will lose all the data that is stored on that drive unraid's cool because unlike uh, traditional raid if i have five drives and one drive fails now parity says okay i can rebuild that and no problem if your parity drive has failed and then you crash a drive a normal array would say okay the whole array is gone well this one just says okay well that one drive is gone Hmm. So all the data that's on that one drive is gone, but the other three are fine. But if you have parity, all the data is still okay. Okay, that's so good. So make to sure know. you get parity, okay? Good to know. All right, I'll, uh, parity check. Last checked, parity. Mine found one error. Not a huge big deal. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you. Quick question coming to us from Dondra from St. Louis. Now, she had been watching um, our video that we had done on SmartNav on YouTube after she found it on an ALS forum. So her father, unfortunately, is now losing the ability to um, use his hand, and he loves spider solitaire. Oh, yes. And it's the only thing he's been really able to do um, in recent years in his diagnosis. So she's wondering, do you think it's possible for him to still game with the SmartNav? Now, we can touch on that um, and explain what that is in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, But she just wants some advice about that. Um, and she's heard of software before that you could use eyes to control the mouse, but um, he had some issues with his eyes as well. And he probably won't have control over his neck for very much longer, but it would mm. be a temporary fix to kind yeah. of accommodate that. So does, what are your thoughts on that? Does uh, does Dondra mention about motor control? His hands. He, he's lost. He's losing the ability, losing to, the ability use to use his hands. hands eh? That's a tough situation. Um, it, okay, so you remember SmartNav. I it's do. the the hat or the little pin, you know, a little yes. thing that you can put on your glasses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with SmartNav, Dondra, you, what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. This is the hard one. Watch what I'm doing. Going down. See, that's putting a lot of strain mm-hmm. on the I cervical area of, of my neck. So that can be really um, tough. Okay, so this and this and that, maybe this would work. Maybe if the monitor was up high and smart nav was up high, then there wouldn't be any pressure on, on the cervix. Um, then you might do okay if you can do this, if your, your father can do that. But it's, it, it's hard to say, you know, and I and, uh, don't know what to, what to really suggest. Um, how is, how is uh, your father's verbal ability? Can you control with your mouth? Mm. Um, there are devices that can actually be placed in your mouth and you can control it with just moving your tongue or whatever. Interesting. Uh, or verbally actually speaking into a microphone and, and controlling. Mm. Um, p- 
hips, things that you know don't require a lot of motor control, the ability to take a joystick and just move it like this and be able to control like that. It mm. doesn't take a lot of movement, so you don't really need a lot of movement, and that's why you see a lot of, you know, even wheelchairs with, with, uh, with people that are even quadriplegic, they're still able to maneuver enough to use the motorized controls of the joystick in some instances. So um, there are... I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's if you can't get that movement, if you can't get that movement, then smart nav is not going to work for you. If there's a lot of pain in in the neck, then that may not work. But it doesn't require a lot of movement in it, especially with the hat. Right. The hat was extended out here, so you you consider a little bit of movement, and the hat has moved quite a bit. Right. True. With the dot that you put on your glasses, you'd have to move quite a bit more to get that same amount of movement mm-hmm. on the on the mouse. So, and then it just takes training yourself to to be able to learn how to use it. So, definitely a cool device. Definitely great for accessibility, but you do require some mobility in in your head, basically, mm-hmm. to be able to control that device. Um, you can go to search.category5.tv, type in Smart Nav if you'd like to know more about what what it is that we're discussing, what ta- uh, what particular device that is. It's an accessibility piece of hardware that allows you to control your computer's mouse just by moving your head, and it's very cool stuff. Um, Dondra, let us know what you decide, and if there's anything else we can do for you, uh, please let us know, okay? Everybody, thank you so much for being here this week with us on Category 5 Technology TV. Don't forget to check out cat5.tv slash studio, and you'll be able to support us through a monetary donation toward our Studio D build. All the information is there, and uh, you can read up on it, watch the videos that are there, go to the Updates tab and learn about some of the exciting things that are coming and see more behind-the-scenes video. Also next week... You're going to be back. I'm here. Yeah, Hillary it's a Hillary Festival. A Hillary <laughs> Festival. And we're going to be giving away those batteries from yeah. Eco Alkalines. Cat5.tv slash eco. Mm-hmm. So exciting. Good so times, don't forget to cast your ballots, okay, folks? It's been a slice, Mind everyone. We'll see you soon. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Hill. See ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.